Good afternoon, Bards Nation. How's everybody doing today? It is Tuesday, March 7, 2023, and this is Bended Knee. Before I get started, I want to give a big happy birthday to Ginger and all of those who are celebrating their birthday today, a big, big happy birthday. Um, also, I want to go ahead and let you guys know that uh, the two night shows, um, Bards FM and Fishers of Men, are canceled tonight. Scott is uh, working in this conference. He's still resting his voice. He uh, didn't get a chance to set the things up today, so he's going to take a little break today. I've got an exam to study for this evening. But um, I will be back on Bended Knee tomorrow, and we are going to be running a four-part series over the next couple of days for Bards FM and Fishers of Men, Brad Cummings. And I know we all love to hear what Brad Cummings has to say, so we will be doing that um, starting tomorrow um, throughout the rest of the week, and I'm looking forward to that. So today, guys, um, I'm going to do something that I've been wanting to do for a while and just have a little topic, um, Living Simply. So yesterday I spoke about speaking simply, and today I want to speak about Living Simply. And uh, I'm going to go ahead. I've got some uh, great verses that are lined up, and I'll get to that after our prayer time. And we'll just talk a little bit about this uh, before we get into those verses. So my faith is the main reason that I choose to live a simpler life. It's a lot easier once you have that relationship with Christ to realize that what we need is in the heavenly kingdom. And these things on earth are, are all just temporary, and they're also very much distractions. Um, there are a lot of mental health benefits to living simply. Um, we get so caught up in wanting to keep up with the Joneses and have the better things, the new iPhone, the new car, a better house, and so forth, that um, we get stressed out when we can't achieve those as quick as we want to. And it becomes very stressful where there's a lot of health benefits and just living simply and realizing that our focus needs to be in our kingdom. Um, financial gains, a sense of peace, but life filled with contentment it is clearly outlined in the Bible, um, and it's hard to ignore. So over and over again, the scriptures warn against greed, love, money, and material things, and simultaneously encourage um, contentment. We need to trust in God and deliberate um, focus on the eternal, the eternal life. That is what our big focus is on. So while he never uses the term minimalism actually in scripture, um, scripture talks about um, living simple lives and minimalism um, quite frequently. Jesus' um, teaches clearly reflect the overall messages of this movement. His very life was extremely simple. He walked around. He had very little. He basically found places to stay as he went. He was very nomadic, um, spreading the word, and he kept his focus and wasn't worried about the materialism. But he understood that very, very well, where our society is designed to keep us focusing on the materialism as the major distraction. He spoke clearly about money. Jesus did. He spoke clearly about money, most noticeably the Sermon on, on the Mount, specifically in the second half of uh, Matthew 6. And don't be fooled. Um, I am no master at this. Like I said, I just went through and I found a whole bunch of different verses. And, and, and just like every bus, you know, we, we battle with this every single day because we get caught up in this materialism ourselves. They, like I said, they designed this world to create a stress, even starting back in the day where the man could work and support his family, send his kids to school. The wife could stay at home, take care of the children. And then the feminist movement got really big. They utilized this with the women going out into the workplace. Um, and then they ended up raising the cost of living and everything. And now we really don't have much of a choice. So, you know, and it, it's hard on marriages and everything like that in the long run because mom has to work during the day while dad takes care of the kid and then reverse at night. The mother and the father don't get to see each other. People are always stressing about how they're going to end up making enough money. People, how am I going to afford to send my kids to college? How am I going to take my kids on a vacation? This whole world has literally been designed to keep us just 
lost in this eternal search for what we need on the earth and not in heaven. So I also want to add that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Um, there's been, you know, throughout history, I think, when, or throughout my life, the, I've heard this um, interpreted wrong as people saying money is the root of all evil. But here's the thing. The former is the actual reverse. The, the reality of what it really says is the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. With this particular verse and many others on the list, the posture of the heart towards an object is the cause of disconnection and destruction, not the object itself. The objects themselves have no evil within them. It's the way that our heart looks and perceives these different things. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that we, many of us have very similar lives growing up. And, and when I grew up as a child, I'm um, growing up, you know, my parents, um, they get me like an outfit. Um, the first, you know, right before school started, you know, and I got an outfit and, you know, and I was quite happy to get that. But if I wanted like the new nice vans or a nice pair of shoes or something that I wanted, my parents made me get out and, and work for it. They wanted me to appreciate what I purchased because, you know, we've gotten used to things being handed to us. This generation today is literally the generation of participation trophies. Everything is handed to them. But I learned to respect those things, even when it came down to me getting my first car. You know, a lot of kids don't get cars when they're 16 years old. My dad told me, and he said, listen, if you want a car when you're 16 years old, I would recommend going out and finding a job. Um, you know, that way you can learn and appreciate what you have and, and the understanding of what it means to work hard and to earn something, to appreciate what you actually have. So I went out, I got a job. Um, I was 14 years old when I started my first job. And my job was digging um, golf courses, building golf courses. I was the one that was digging sand traps out and stuff like that. I mean, hard labor at a young age. But when it came time for me to get my car, eventually go to college, you know, I had saved up enough money to do these things myself and they weren't just handed to me. And it's no different, um, you know, with like Christmas is a great example. We'll get socks or underwear for Christmas and we turn our nose up. We're like, oh, really? Socks, underwear? You know, we don't appreciate these things. There's people in other countries that would die for a nice, clean, fresh pair of socks or a nice pair of, of underwear. But we take these things for granted, even in our own country. We live rather well, um, with the exception of the homeless, which is absolutely horrifying that we've got families, mothers, fathers, children, veterans that are living on the street, um, while many of us you know, live well. And even some of our, our poorer homes, I would say, are still nicer than some of these third world countries you know, that are living in adobe huts with windows that are open with no glass. You know, um, But even their people that are underprivileged at least have that benefit of having an adobe hut to live in where we've got some of our people literally living on our streets while our government focuses on sending money to Ukraine and, and giving money to all of these stupid causes like climate change. And they're ignoring the problems that we have here. And, you know, we can step up and we can help these people. But the first thing, though, is that we need to realize and recognize that we own the difference between wants and needs. And our Lord Almighty um, gives us what we need. It's a matter of faith. God's always going to make sure that we're housed. He's going to make sure, you know, we're having that relationship and praying, especially he's going to answer these prayers. He's going to keep us housed. He's going to keep us fed. We're going to have air, water. We're going to have what we need. And there's going to be a day where we end up having to take one of the biggest, greatest decisions in our lifetime. Revelation 13, 7, which we all know, I'm sure familiar with. No one could buy or sell without this mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. So we know that this is coming, and that's going to be one of the greatest decisions um, of our faith that we're ever going to have in our lives. And if we can go ahead and focus now on what's important, 
on, on our needs, not our wants, we're going to be more equipped and we're going to be um, ready for that time when, when that decision is had to be made, you know, taking the mark of the beast. Because we know with the faith of our Lord Almighty, he's going to make sure we have what we need. We're always going to have house, even when the world changes and we can no longer be part of this society. God is going to speak to you. He's going to give you um, words in your dreams. Some way or another, God is going to tell us where we need to go. And I always had it in my heart that we were going to kind of gather together. He was going to lead us all to where we ended up going back to a way where we were helping each other, helping each other raise our children, helping each other build our homes, helping each other grow our gardens, a community like it should be. And if we can get into this mindset right now, it's going to get easier and easier as we move on because we know the economy is, is real shaky right now. We know that a lot of people are going to be in some pretty hard times. And we need to realize that we need to share what we have because God's children are all of us. Whether they're prepared or not, we are fortunate enough to be prepared. We need to help others. So guys, it is 311. So we'll go ahead and do a little prayer and then I will get into some uh, verses that cover um, minimalism. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for all that you have blessed us with. Thank you for all the people that you bring into our lives. I ask Heavenly Father that you, you be with Scott at this moment and just help him get to feeling better. Take care of the scratchy throat. Get his voice all ready to go. And thank you for giving him this break this evening so that he can, can heal himself. Thank you for giving me this opportunity, Lord, to fill in for Scott while he's away so that we can keep this community talking, keep this community growing, and keep speaking about you. Heavenly Father, um, I know that you have given us these platforms, these podcasts, these threads, the community, so that we can speak with each other. We can calm each other down during these times, and, and I'm extremely grateful for that. Dear Lord, you give us a place to where we can gather in your name, and we're finding less of less of that in this world. We're finding that our churches are becoming corrupted. We're finding that the places that we usually go to speak about you and to, to feel your Holy Spirit are becoming less and less and less. But what do you do? You open up another window. You give us an opportunity to utilize our enemy's weapon against them and come together in your name. And Heavenly Father, I'm seeing more and more people every day wake up, every day reaching out to you in prayer. And sometimes that breaks my heart when I see so many people asking for prayers on these social media platforms. But then I stop for a moment and I find the beauty of that because they are reaching out to you in prayer because they know that the answers that we need are with you that you are going to end up protecting us, dear Lord. So I ask, Heavenly Father, that you just soften those hearts, warm those hearts up of these people, dear Lord, that don't know you yet. Give them an opportunity to have that relationship that we have with you. I also ask, Heavenly Father, that you let us all grow our own hearts, to become closer to you, get a stronger relationship with you every day. Heavenly Father, let each day be easier for us to be the people that we are meant to be. Let us get past the sins. Let us never forget to repent, dear Lord, because we're going to need to mend this armor up more and more as we walk into these times. But dear Lord, I am grateful. I'm grateful for every big and little thing that you have blessed in our lives, those things that we take for granted, those things that we recognize. Heavenly Father, you give us everything that we need. So I asked it, other than taking away our ego and, and letting us live in humility, that you also let us live in complete love and complete faith in let us let go of these material things that keep us bound to this earth. Dear Lord, these things are, are struggles every day. And you recognize that when you died on that cross. Father, forgive me. They know not what they do. And Heavenly Father, even today at this time, it's not much different than the days where you were walking this earth. Dear Lord, we are being attacked at every corner. We have evil trying to indoctrinate adults, indoctrinate our kids. Adults are indoctrinating our kids. We're moving into some crazy times. But dear Lord, I know you recognize this, and that is why you died on that cross, to give us a chance to get into heaven. So 
continue to have patience with us, Heavenly Father, as we work every day to be better tomorrow than we are today. Heavenly Father, allow us to have patience with others the same way that you have had patience with us so that we can help them. Lord, we have faith in you. We should have faith in others as well because we are all your children. And I know even the most people person has you in their heart somewhere. We just need to open it. Open that window so that they can see you for the first time in the way that we see you. Heavenly Father, I ask that you give us the discernment that we're going to need walking into these times so we understand what we're walking into. Yes, Heavenly Father, we know we need to focus on the he on heaven. We need to focus on eternal life, and that's where our focus is. But we also need to be ready for what takes place right here because until you come and you take us home, we're in the middle of a battle, and we need to change this world. We need to make an attempt. We need to start low in our local communities, dear Lord. Make that change. Make sure that our children know who you are. We need to get you back into our schools. We need to get you back into everything that we do in this entire world. And Heavenly Father, let those of us, those that have that relationship, those that love you, those that are excited to talk about you, let us do the best job we can. Let us serve you in the greatest ways on this earth and help wake another person up. Just one, Heavenly Father. I'm not asking to wake up a hundred, just one. And if you see it fit the next day that we wake up another person and bring them to you, even better. But dear Lord, let us never stop fighting. Let us never be ashamed to talk about you. Let us never turn our backs on you. Let us stay committed to you and not be the ones with the cold hearts, not be the ones with the lukewarm hearts, but be the ones with the hearts on fire in your heavenly name so that we can spread your love. We can spread your word as far as we can around this world until you come and take us home. Dear Lord, we want more people in heaven. And I know you said that not everybody will be, but allow us to plant those seeds anyways, because not speaking and not trying to help somebody see their their sins, not helping somebody understand that relationship with you. We're doing you an injustice. So let us talk to everyone. Plant those seeds. And if those seeds are so willing to grow because of you, thank you, Father, for letting us do this during this time. Thank you for preparing us right now for the battlefield that we're going to be walking into. Heavenly Father, I can't tell you how grateful I am. Sometimes I think of you, I talk to you, I pray, and it just brings me to tears because of the love that you have. And I can't understand it. I'll never understand why you love us so much because we are so messed up down here. We make so many mistakes. We do so many wrongs. But Heavenly Father, you love us anyways. And we need to make up for our, our mistakes. We need to make up for our sins. So let us do everything that we can, dear Lord. Let us thank you every day on our knees for everything that you have given us. Dear Lord, let us recognize and appreciate. Let us keep our eyes on the kingdom. But dear Lord, let us do everything that we can right here on this earth until our feet leave this soil. We love you, Father, with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. Boy, I got kind of choked up there. Um, man, God, he just does that sometimes, you know. Um, you can just feel that spirit and, you know, he brings that emotion. You can feel him in your heart. Your body lights up. It's just absolutely amazing and i can tell you honestly you know there's not much in my life or, or any of our lives that can bring us as much joy as talking about god as recognizing the beautiful things that he does to us even to the point man just like now where he's just bringing tears to my eyes guys man god's amazing so scar part of me <clears throat> so anyways i'm going to go into a couple of uh verses that i have lined up which are going over specifically um um living a life with minimalism not not focusing on on the riches of earth you know many of our churches have focused on that instead of you know bringing you to the lord christ instead of telling you the importance of the relationship with him and what you can do on this earth spreading the gospel they focus on 
if you love the Lord, let me tell you how you can get a nicer house, expand your territory and all this other things. And that's not what it's about. So first off, I've got um, Philippians uh, 4, 11 through 13. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what is um, to be in need, and I know what is to have plenty. And the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether we're fed or hungry, whether living in, in plenty or in want, I, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And everything that we need, that's the kicker, is that we, we often get confused between wants and between needs. And we need to realize that everything that we need, if we go hungry a day, if we go hungry two days, God's going to feed us on that third day. He managed to feed Daniel while he was in the pit of lions. God always comes through. He sent crows to bring food to people. I mean, there's many, you know, God always comes through, and it may not be on our time. You know, one of the greatest examples is, you know, when I was being kicked out of my house um, right before Bards Fest, when I left for Bards Fest, I didn't know if I was going to have a home to come to. And I left my mother back here praying to God every day, Lord, for my mother's sake, please let us find a house. So what happened the day before I headed back, we ended up with a place to live and I ended up, we ended up moving in 24 hours. So it wasn't on my time. Was I stressed? I was a little bit stressed because my mother was stressed. But in the end, God came through and it was just another great example as to it being on God's time. And he's not going to let you hang. God's going to always take you. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10. But godliness and contentment is, is great gain. For we, bought nothing into, we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, and we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, into the many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into the ruin of destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the or have wandered from the faith, pierced themselves with many griefs. And that's the thing: is that the less you have, the less you have to be taken from you. And that's that alone tells you, you know, is a stress that's relieved off you. You don't have to keep on guard. You don't have to worry about it. Once again, clothing, food, water, shelter. We live better as poor people in this country that many people around the world live. And we take that for, for big granted in major, major ways. And we need to change that. And we need to, to look at the way other people live, to look at the way that there's many people that are sleeping on the street right now that have no home whatsoever, that are eating out of garbage cans. And then we complain when we can't have our filet mignon. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes just be happy to get a bowl of rice and, you know, because you're being fed and God's bringing you what you need. Simplicity. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. You know, focusing on our Lord Almighty, focusing on God, everything that we need is in heaven. Like I said earlier, not one thing that we brought into this world are we going to take out of the world other than the soul that our Lord gave, that our Lord loaned us. The, you know, it belongs to him. And then our treasure truly lies in heaven. And, and our treasure lies here, right here, just by knowing God, greatest treasure we could ever have, because everything that we need is in Jesus Christ. So Proverbs 37 through 9, two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? 
or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor my God. Once again, everything that we need comes from our Lord Almighty. And sometimes having those riches, those money, seeking the cars, focusing on the bigger and better job, focusing on things that Christ doesn't necessarily want us to focus on, the worst part of that is it's distracting us from what we need to be focused on. You know, instead of, you know, living in the Lord, living with that relationship, you know, we do spend a lot of times wondering where we're going to get that, where we're going to get this, how we're going to get our kids the $200 present and so forth. And part of that problem is that we ourselves have spoiled our children to the point where they expect the bigger and nicer gifts rather than appreciating the old, the, you know, the, the passed down pair of shoes, the new socks, the new underwear, the simple things they don't appreciate anymore. They turn their nose up and they're like, why did you get me this? You know, these are the things that we need to change. And it literally starts with us. And the problem is, you know, the old saying is it takes a village to raise a child. You know, right now, a lot of the village, I wouldn't want to raise my child because they're going to lead them down that wrong way. And we need to get to the point where we all come back together. And you know what? When that time comes, we have to take the choice of the mark of the beast. That's the greatest, that's ultimately the greatest blessing we're ever going to be given when we have that faith in God, when we do, because guess what? Once again, we're going to come back together. We're going to help each other raise our children, but we're going to trust the people that we raise our children. Because I can promise you when that day comes, we have to take the decision to take that mark of the beast. It's going to be the Christians that walk away. It's not going to be the non-Christians. They're going to walk right into this thing and they have no other choice. So you can guarantee when we gather, when we end up in that mountains or meeting place that God has intended for us, everyone there is going to be a God-loving Christian. And even more so at that time than we are right now. Because we see the prophecies unfolding, we're going to be more devoted than we ever were. And we will be a village to help raise those children. So Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And God, unlike anything on this earth, God fulfills his promises. The prophecies are fulfilled. God will never let us down. So when God says right there, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, you can guarantee that is not a lie. That is nothing but honest truth. And having faith in that is going to get us through these times. Romans 12, 16, live in a harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with the people of low position. Do not be conceited. You know, there's an old saying, um, you know, if you, if you really want to know what kind of a person is, um, watch the way that they treat a waitress, watch a way that they treat a waiter, you know, how you treat people that you feel are less than you. Cause the thing is, is nobody's less. Everyone right here is on equal grounds. We are all children of God. Nobody, not one earthly thing is going to make us better than another person. Not one heavenly thing is going to make us better than another person. We are all sinners. We all fault. We all have problems. But if we live in harmony with one another and we are not proud, but willing to associate with the people of lower positions, that it shows that we are all equal. Once again, if you want to know what someone is like, bring them to a restaurant, see how they treat a waiter, see how they treat a waitress. Another thing too, watch the person, you know, in a parking lot at a grocery store, the ones that put their buggies away compared to the ones that just leave their buggies there. Tells you everything that you need to know about that person and their selfishness or their care for other people. Matthew 6, 25. There I tell you, do not worry about life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life more than food and body more than clothes. Proverbs 16, 8. 
better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. Guys, much of what we see today, the power struggle, the, the, the movement of money and the laundering and, and all this stuff that we're dealing with with these world elite and these governments, this is exactly what's going on. They seek much gain, but they do it through injustice, steal it. And, you know, we, we shall not steal. Matter of fact, you know, stealing bread is a whole different story than stealing money and wealth from somebody else and screwing them up over. There's an old saying that, that it didn't make much sense to me then, but it makes a lot of sense to me now. And that is you're better off doing business with the devil than a Christian, because at least with the devil, you know what to expect. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? But now, you know, having experienced life and worked in business, what that meant is that some people that claim to be Christians, you never, ever see it coming. They will, they will stab you in the back. They will take your money. They will do what they can to better themselves. And because they were a Christian or announced themselves as a Christian, you assumed that they were as honest and loving as a Christian. And once again, you do devil with you do business with the devil, you know exactly what you're getting and you're not caught off guard. Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And no, it doesn't. Guys, think about it. Walk around your house. Just take a walk around your house. Look in each room and look at the stuff you've accumulated. How much of that stuff do you actually use? Not much. My house is no different. There's a lot of things that I walk around that I just never use. Those things that you pick up that you think you want at the time. You know, that new phone when you just got a new one a couple months ago and there's really no difference between maybe one or two other features. Like I said, we get completely caught up in this. And there's a, a stress about it, you know. The less you have, the cleaner your home can be. The more you have, the more chaotic it is. And it, it's almost a representation of our lives is living in complete chaos. So job 120 through 21 at the, or excuse me, Job, Job 1, 20 through 21. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell onto the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Look, God's never going to take anything away from you unless you need to learn a lesson or you don't need what he's taken away. But what God gives you is that you need. Once again, he will keep you sheltered. He will keep you with water. He will keep you fed. He will keep you with, with love and people in your life that you love. Just the things that we need. And that's all we need. We don't need to focus on that other stuff. Everything else just becomes chaotic. Mark 4.19 But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Once again, not on our Lord, but focusing on material items. It does. It chokes us and it makes us unfruitful. Not doing the things that we were meant to do, but focusing on the things that don't matter. Yes, exactly. Uh, J um, J um, clutter house, clutter mind. Exactly. So um, Matthew six nineteen through twenty one. Do not store up yourselves treasures on earth, where mouths and vermin destroy. And where thieves break in and steal. But store up yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is. There your heart will also be. And I tell you right now. My treasure's in heaven. My heart's in heaven. Even right here on this earth. We all know where our hearts are right now. Focus on our Lord. 
you know, there was a, a, a dream and I'll, I'll kind of end this one up with this. I had a, a dream a while back and I did a, a video that I have on my rumble site. I'm called, uh, our father's enlightening. And in this dream, I went through this, um, this, I, I was running from some evil people that were chasing me and I ended up in this cave and I hid over in the darkness and I heard some movement. I thought that it was them as well. And in this cave walked in a man and just had the most beautiful, glorious face, these, these piercing eyes. And he walked over to a chest that was laying there that was filled with jewels. It was filled with coins. It was filled with diamonds. He opened it and he closed it. And then he walked over to another one, except this box wasn't as nice as the other one. It was like a, a just a, an old worn wooden, wooden box. And he whispered into it and he closed the box and he sealed it with twine. He looked at me, didn't say anything. But I knew it was Jesus. And he said, in his gaze, he said to me, make sure that the truth makes it to its destination. And I wasn't quite sure what that meant. So a little while later, another person walked into the cave. I was still hidden over in the darkness. And she walked over, first to the chest with the, with the gold, with the coins, with the diamonds in it. She opened it. She closed it. She walked over to the other box, picked it up, and walked out. And at that point, I realized that the treasure wasn't the gold, it wasn't the silver, it wasn't the diamonds. It was the words that Christ had spoken into that box. And my job wasn't to carry that to its destination. My job was just to make sure that it got there. So God put me on a path, set this, this messenger out on her own easy path, you know, no, no obstruction straight away. But he, he told me that he needed me to stay out of sight because that message needed to be delivered without her knowing that I was involved and in her getting to her destination. So I, my, my path was set through the mountains, through the trees, just an arduous journey. Um, the great part is I had a bird's eye view and I could see everything. And every time I could see ahead of her dangers, thieves that were trying, that were going to end up taking the message that she had in that box, I went ahead, I removed the problem, got them out of the way so that she could continue her path. And in the dream, I never, I never know if, if the words, if what was in this, this treasure made it to his destination, I assume that it, but the thing is, is we work together. God, the, the treasure isn't the jewels. It's not the gold. It's not the diamonds. It was the words he spoken in the box, the words of life, the gospel, the truth, the relationship with God. And I understood that. And I had courage going on my mission and God has us all on separate missions. The thing is, though, is that we are intertwined with each other still because we help each other through our missions. And we may not recognize it. We may not realize the impact or, or even how our, our journeys in some cases may seem so easy when you don't realize that someone else's journey was difficult, making sure that you completed your journey. We are, and God is just absolutely amazing. He's the, the, the grand architect of everything in this world. And it's amazing how. He has brought all of our lives together. He has given us all these skills and focus, and we need to keep that. But the focus that he wants us to keep is on him. It's on the simple things. It's not materialism. It's on the words of the Lord. It's on what he taught us, and it's on spreading that gospel so that other people can see it too. Life is really that simple. We make things so much more complex than they need to be. We stress about things that we really shouldn't stress about. Having faith in God, knowing we will always have our food. We will always have our shelter. We will always have our water. And we will always have our Lord Almighty. So everyone, I want to thank you so much for uh, 
joining us today for um, this bended knee. And um, tonight, like I said, the uh, the two shows, um, this evening shows will be canceled. Scott, like I said, is trying to get his voice back. He is struggling with that so bad. I mean, we talked for like five minutes last night. He he, he just could not get his voice back. So we decided just to, like I said, we'll, we'll take the very one of the very, very few Bards Nation days off. Um, I'm going to be studying for a test this evening. But like I said, I'll be back uh, for Bended Knee Talk doing um, Kilted Christian tonight as well. And, um, you know, we're going to bring everything to you guys. So if you guys want a place to kind of hang out this evening, please come on over to Kilted Christian. You guys can can talk, um, enjoy, have a good little chat over that direction. And like I said, I'll be back tomorrow for Bended Knee. I'll be back um, and running uh, Brad Cummings um, over the next couple of dates. It's a four-part series that I know you guys will enjoy because, man, I love listening to Brad Cummings. He has a way of breaking down scripture and telling it to a story like no other. Love that guy. So once again, guys, I want to thank you so much for joining us for this Bended Knee. For those of you who are leaving, have an absolutely beautiful rest of your day. For those of you who are sticking around for a little bit of a post-show music, sticking around, and I end with this. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, but this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exists. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished, we are patriots, we are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. Oh, 
myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real 
The needle tears the hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all
All right, so we're going to move on to our last song. For those of you uh, that stuck around, thank you so much. And we're going to end with a little bit of bagpipes and amazing grace. I guess I forgot to do my countdown. So, uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. There you go. You guys got a verbal countdown. I want to thank you all so much for joining us today, guys. Um, uh, love spending my time with you. Um, just a reminder that Scott um, will not be doing his shows this evening. He's taking a little of a break, deserve break, one of the very few Bars Nations breaks. Um, I will be doing Kilted Christian Conley show. I'll be running this evening, so uh, don't forget to 
catch us guys if you need a place to hang out we are here for you and we would love to see you i will be back tomorrow from bend knee and the rest of the week and i will be running um starting a four-part series with brad cummings um for bards fm and fishes of men over the next couple of days so i will be here with you guys very much and i i thank you for spending time with us absolutely beautiful rest of your day i will see you the evening love you much and god bless